Hi, my name is Everest Asher. I am a spiritual teacher and right now teaching trauma counseling to a wonderful group of trainees and I'm here in Santa Fe, New Mexico and I wanted to talk today about the impact of sexual abuse, sexual assault, rape and other traumas, what this creates in the body and how you can not just survive it but how you can thrive past it. As somebody that's experienced quite a lot of this in my life and you know went through all of the motions with it the denial the not wanting to assess it oh my god if I actually look at this it's gonna be a basket case everybody's gonna think I'm so dramatic not to mention all the shame which is gonna be the keyword of this lesson um, you know it's it's kind of our natural reaction when something like this happens to bottle it all up to internalize it to blame ourselves to hope that it just goes away and it creates it's so toxic and it creates coping mechanisms that we'll live under the weight of for our whole life never knowing that that's not the way that it has to be so today I wanted to talk about this from the perspective of the chakras because when you understand how it works from this perspective and the way that this can kind of leach out into all areas of your life you know they say in A Course in Miracles please let me recognize the problem so that it can be solved well when you understand what second chakra trauma does and all the weird little areas in your life that it tends to seep its way into you know we're walking around feeling like there's so much wrong with us you know it's like why can't I have love why can't I get paid why can't I just trust and believe that good things are gonna happen to me why 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 you know and we think that we have all of these problems and it's kind of like when people find out that they you know after suffering their whole life and thinking okay I've got gastritis or I'm allergic to everything you know and everything makes me sick and I've got this and I've got this and that you feel like you're such a basket case when actually all you have to do is just cut one little thing out one little thing out gluten and you're all good to go so much more manageable so much more so much more manageable I told the client recently I'm like it's not that you have 99 problems you've just got one bitch of a problem and that's it so what happened you know the what blocks the second chakra is something called shame and shame is so misunderstood so many times we won't even look into it because we're like ah that's not me because the survival mentality you know it's like when you when a sexual trauma has happened to you and you've learned how to like survive and kind of try recalibrate your life around it you know in a sense you're proud of yourself so you don't feel like you have shame you feel like it's not specific to you because you're such a survivor and everyone's like you're so strong and you're just crumbling inside but we don't even know to like look at shame so I wanted to talk a little bit about that and the role that it plays in our life and then I'm going to give you from what I've learned in my experience three tips for how you can start to eradicate this and start thriving past these incidents that happen to you because I do a lot of trauma work it's my specialty and I hit kind of this block in my own life with my with my history of sexual trauma you know usually when we heal, heal trauma we go back we relive we explain we rectify the situation sometimes you can elicit the assistance of a medicine 
a shaman or something like that to help you go into the memories that you're most afraid of but I had done all of this I you know what I knew worked for clearing all of the other things like guilt and worry and approval and jealousy and comparison and all of that you know it wasn't working on sexual trauma and that's when I started to get really worried because I'm like is this just something that I'm gonna have to live with forever is this just something that that's going to be a part of who I am and you know going back and reliving these traumas is not only extremely painful but no matter how hard you try to repair this memory no matter how hard you try to rescue the inner child which is the essence of the trauma work that I do it happened it happened and nothing's ever gonna change that that happened you're never going to be able to change that pain that happened to you, but you can change your relationship to the pain. You can change the way that it influences what you do. You know, it'd be like moving into a brand new apartment of your life. And I barge in with, you know, sexual trauma and I'd find the ugliest couch imaginable and I put it right in the middle of the room. And I'm like, there it is. I don't care if you want it or not. Cause this is what happens when somebody violates your sexuality when somebody violates you it's just this albatross in the middle of the room and we spend our whole lot you know aware of it trying to pretend it's not there we can't open any doors we can't feel comfortable because there's just this thing in the middle of the room no matter how hard we try to pretend it's not there it is there and it impacts us every single day and while we may not ever be able to adequately remove the couch from the situation we can start to learn Look, doesn't have to be in the middle of the room. I can put it in the place that actually needs the couch. I can reupholster it. I can change the way that I feel about it. You learn ways of not, you know, I call spirituality 101 isolating. Sexual trauma, how can I get it as far away from me as possible? Spirituality 2.0 is integrating, understanding that this is a part of your story, but something that used to define you negatively no longer has to. It's now something that enhances who you've always been. And truthfully, like this strength, you know, this the strength that you feel once you learn how to integrate a pain like this into your life is everybody notices it and people will come to you asking you how you did it. It's magical. So, so I'm gonna give that to you. But I do want, you know, disclaimer before you get into this video any further, there is not a magic there is not a magic cure for integrating this into your life this is something that's going to require dedication it's daily it's daily practice and at first it's going to seem like a lot of work because you're just not used to it but i promise you that it won't take that long but just stick with it study it make it a part of your life be ferociously committed to yourself and it'll start to become who you are so so what happens when somebody is sexually abused? A lot of times we will disassociate from the memory and many times, a lot of people that I've worked with, all of a sudden, you know, in adulthood, they have these memories start rushing back of sexual trauma they experienced. And that's because the, the I don't wanna say it's natural, but the habitual tendency with sexual abuse, especially if it's interfamilial or with somebody that you see more than once, for example, a babysitter or something like that is there's an energy that tries to make it seem like it's your fault. And this could be imposed by the abuser and this could be self-imposed because of shame. So 
what happens is that you don't tell anybody about it. You don't feel like you can tell any about it. And I swear for every single day that you hold that story in, you start to develop a new story about it because something that we learn about trauma is it's not so much what happened, but it's a story that we get from it. So for example, sexual abuse, origins of shame. Sexual abuse, somebody with fucked up desires violated your privacy, it wasn't them, you didn't attract it, it wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. This had, you didn't manifest this. This wasn't, this is in no way, shape, or form your fault. This was somebody else's shit that they dumped on you. But the feelings that you get from it, especially when you're not, when you don't have a witness, when you're not allowed to just go straight to somebody and be like, isn't this fucked up? You know, if you're a kid, if you're defenseless, if it was somebody close to you, if it was somebody that scared you and you didn't feel like you could. The story that starts to come up is, I'm a bad person, I'm dirty, I'm disgusting, this is my fault, nobody's gonna love me, and this is what shame looks like, and this is how it starts. So, it's just, and that's something that sexual trauma survivors will deal with for so long, because still, you know, it's in the unconscious, even though there's an aspect of you you know, your, your rational adult self can be like, that was really fucked up. The inner child, where the trauma occurred, the age you were when the trauma occurred. If that inner child, if that, if baby you at that time did not have a chance to completely explain it and recognize that it was not your fault, there's still an aspect of you inside of your head that thinks that it was. And because of that, you think that nobody's gonna love you. And because of that, you think that the universe is against you. And because of that, you think that you can't have nice things. You know, it's one thing to have guilt. Oh, I did something messed up. I made a mistake. And now I'm never gonna have anything nice. At least with that, you have some kind of a, you know, well, I did that. And that was, you know, at least you have something that you can forgive with yourself. But shame is just like, you're just a bad person. Just a bad person. It doesn't matter how many, if you have this, all the, you can read as many self-help books as you want. You can be a spiritual teacher, but you will believe in some point in your head that every, that this information works for everybody except you because you're an exception to the rule. Why are you an exception to the rule? Because you're just a bad person. And why are you a bad person? We never get to that intensity of self-questioning why are you a bad person why do you think that you're a bad person oh because I was abused when I was a child and I still in my head feel like it was my fault so big problem but you know the longer you internalize that and as a kid you know especially if you didn't tell anybody about it until you're like 13 and then you know your mom's response is hysteria and you're like fuck now I you know shame is like look now you've made your mom upset now you're causing all this drama over here now you're gonna put somebody in jail and they might have kids now you're so bad you're so bad shouldn't you be over this already it was your fault to begin with and the internal dialogue is just first of all cruel and second of all, just misplaced because that's what, that's what shame does. You know, that's what shame 
does to you. And another interesting and fucked up fact about the inner child is that if you've, you know, done your studies on law of attraction and you recognize that like thoughts become things and that this, you know, some people will endure sexual abuse over and over and over again trying to figure out why does this keep happening to me? Well, the reason why it keeps happening to you is because if there's a traumatized, the inner child, the aspect of the psyche, the original misconception, right? So the first time where you got this wire crossed where it went from being like, I'm a good person and good things happen to good people to I'm a bad person and bad things happen to bad people, you will see the natural fluctuations of life as being a punishment. Money comes, money goes. People you love will break your heart. People you love will die. Things that you want will not pan out for you. These are just natural fluctuations of life but if you believe you're, you're a bad person you're gonna think that they're punishments and you're gonna think that whatever that is doesn't like you and if you read Einstein you know that that's like the most important question that you have to answer does that like me or not because if it doesn't your life is very 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 complicated but the inner child, you know, the aspect of the psyche where that original confusion happened and this story was built is what they would call a point of attraction in the law of attraction. There's still a part of you that is manifesting sexual predators in your experience. Now, this isn't happening to you, it's not a bad thing, it's happening for you because unfortunately, every single time that a sexual trauma occurs for you, you're like, why does this keep happening? This is, so, it's your, your psyche trying to alert you that there was a confusion that happened way back there and maybe if you get assaulted as an adult, you'll start to investigate, you know, when did this whole thing start happening? You know, and if you can rectify with the adult self, just because that person assaulted me doesn't make me a bad person. You can apply that same adult logic to the inner child. Just because somebody molested me as a kid doesn't mean I'm a bad person. And you know, these just because doesn't mean clauses are absolutely critical in the trauma process. So, so unfortunately, if you've been sexually abused, until you go back and reconcile with the inner child, correct the story, you're gonna keep attracting things like this into your experience and it's still not your fault. I just wanna say this because a lot of people in the spiritual community, you know, you get given the gift of law of attraction, you know, the, the, the power in your hands. And law of attraction is just how the universe works. It's not a religion. It's not something to become obsessed with. It's not something, you'll just get yourself in a lot of confusion, unnecessary confusion. Um, the law of attraction is just the rules of a vibration-based universe. And, you know, that's why my workshop, Spirituality One, those are survival skills for a vibration based universe it's thoughts become things but it's net you know law of attraction isn't you know you basically manifested everything that's in your existence good and bad and that's neither yeah, like helpful or necessarily true like yes we manifest everything but it's all it, it it's all happening for you and it was never your fault it was absolutely never your fault it was absolutely never your fault ever so if you have any kind of you know questions of like oh well did i attract that because i was drunk was it my recklessness was i dressed too slutty was i a sexy kid whatever the fuck story that you've got lingering around in there about how it might be your fault over the the coming weeks ball it up like a piece of tinfoil and throw it away so 
talk a little bit about what shame does symptoms of a blocked second chakra a key thing in the second chakra is the concept of scarcity of there not being enough so for example like guilt is a stability thing you can manifest yourself a gorgeous house but you'll be worried that the IRS is going to take it away you get the husband and the baby you'll become convinced that something's going to take it away that's a stability thing scarcity is I just can't have what I want and the reason you know the subconscious reason back there why can't I have what I want because the universe likes everybody except for me why does it like everybody except for me because I'm fundamentally with no explanation inherently a bad person why am I a bad person because somebody raped me and I got confused but like I said we don't get into that line of questioning with ourselves and that's when it becomes you know that's when it became very important for me to seek out seek out spiritual teachers and then to become the spiritual teacher I didn't think existed in the world so scarcity have you ever been in love with somebody in love with somebody that didn't love you back that's scarcity there are billions of people in the world but there's one person there's only one person in the world that I love and this person doesn't love me back scarcity scarcity also leads to all kinds of binge because there's not enough food I have to eat it all there's not enough alcohol I have to eat it all right now there's never gonna be more blow after this bag runs out well hopefully but I gotta do all the blow you know any type of excess there's not enough there's not enough there's not enough scarcity if you also just fundamentally believe that you're a bad person because of shame because of this you know hitch in the wires it's impossible to trust in the universe because you don't believe no matter how much you read about it no matter how much you repost about it you don't believe that the universe is benevolent you don't believe that the universe likes you you just don't so it doesn't matter what you know it doesn't matter until you clear the shame you can't accurately trust in the universe because you think you're a bad person and that bad things happen to bad people and that's just what shame does it becomes very hard to receive income because when you have the thought the vibration the feeling there's not enough money there's not enough money the universe is compelled to reflect your beliefs to you so as long as you are believing there's not enough money there will never be money and you will constantly see abundance as being a finite resource we believe that the you know the universe the fact is that the universe is endlessly and infinitely expanding it is the nature of the universe to be infinite however when we have scarcity issues we see it all is finite so our health is constantly waning we get kind of hypochondria our finances are constantly dwindling and we see proof of this everywhere we go this person loves us now but will they love us when we're old love is constantly running out food is constantly running out resources are constantly running out and this is scarcity and scarcity issues come from a blocked second chakra Additionally, you can get all kinds of wild sexual fetishes. And I'm a big fan of fetishes, and people that are on the Bruja Report can watch my video in defense of kinks. Um, that's archived on Magic FM. And you know, you know that I love fetishes, but 
sometimes we will get it into our head that we have a fetish. For example, there's so many people that identify as pedophiles that will never act out on this. And this is just because of shame, sexual shame. Somebody else gave it to you, sexually abused you. And now you're convinced that you have an equally, so first, so they may no longer become bad for, you know, raping you as a kid because you've now convinced yourself that you're a pedophile and that's the only thing that gets you off. Now the issue with this, especially like, and you can read, you know, This American Life did a great radio show about this, about people that identify as pedophiles and never act out on it, or people that are convinced they have STDs and never act out of it. And you know, better safe than sorry, but you can get yourself into this paradigm as well where there's only one thing that brings me pleasure and I can never do it, therefore I cannot ever have pleasure. Sexual pleasure I can never have. I'm so filthy. I'm so disgusting. This is the only thing that turns me on, especially like, especially if it's somebody that's dead too. I'm not talking about that in like a necrophilia type of way, but for example, let's say I want to fuck, you know, everything comes from the parents. So we'll just, you know, we won't even like dive into Freudian stuff over here, but you know, what if, what if your dad has died? And you've got it in your head that the only person that you want to have sex with is your dad. There's only one place I can receive pleasure and I'm not allowed to have it. Therefore, I can never have pleasure. Your second chakra governs pleasure in your life. You can't enjoy anything when you're filled with shame, mama. You can't. Food, uh, but whatever. There's people that are starving that probably shouldn't have this. Sex, uh, it's fine, but whatever great experiences feeling completely alone in a room full of people shame 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 and more shame makes it very difficult to find pleasure in anything when you've got something that says you never deserve to be happy because you're so dirty you're so disgusting and nobody's ever going to love you now when we say this outright we realize how crazy it sounds but the thing is is we don't realize that we're saying this to ourselves we don't realize that when we're this close to the mirror picking at our faces that we're saying you're disgusting every time you you know you're disgusting and nobody's ever going to love you because you have a blackhead <laughs> not to mention the body issues not to mention the body issues you know all that all that you're disgusting, you're disgusting, distorted self-image, body dysmorphia. This is just what happens when somebody takes your sexuality away from you by stealing it against your will. So, feel like we're pretty clear now on how serious this is. This is something one in five women are sexually assaulted and these are just the women that up and talk about it. You know, when this stuff happens to you when you're a baby, a lot of times you repress it and you don't remember it. And I want a word on repressed memories and wondering if it's true or not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. If you're living under the emotional burden of this, it ha then treat it like it happened because pretending like it didn't is not gonna make it go away. And good news for people working sexual trauma, I am not going to, one of these three things that I have for you to start to thrive past your sexual trauma has nothing to do with facing your predator, has nothing to do with a lawsuit. Although I will tell you, if you're trying to forgive your abuser and it's not working, you can't forgive somebody unless you're honest about how much they hurt you. You just can't. I'm sorry. You know, well, even though it would be really nice to, you know, not ever have to have uncomfortable conversations with people, 
until you're honest about how much something hurt. And I just pointed out all these things that you might not have known were related to your sexual trauma. So, you know, how can you forgive if you didn't know that it was responsible for anything? It's not your fault, you just didn't know. But honesty, whether it's, you know, if you can do it by writing a letter that you'll never send and writing a response, especially if this person is impossible to get a hold of or dead, um, you know, you're still gonna wanna forgive because that's for you. But, and you know, forgiveness is something that we go over in Spirituality 101, it's literally my life's work. Uh, but, you know, if writing a letter that you're never gonna send doesn't work, then, you know, you might have to be honest to a witness, yo, that shit happened, that shit hurt, it's created this trauma that I keep experiencing in my life and I have not been able to really feel like I belong here or enjoy my presence here on this earth because of that thing. Once you're honest about it, then you can forgive it. But you know, being the white dove of radical forgiveness is not gonna do anything if you're never honest about how much it hurt. And I'm sorry, but that's true. And you know, don't waste any time getting honest about how much something hurt. Doesn't mean you're a basket case. Once you're on it, you know, first step to healing a problem, admitting that you have a problem. After that, you can start to heal it. So, feel very strongly about it. I do. Uh, all right, so how do we recover from shame? I'm gonna give you three. This is what I've found to be the greatest tools for getting through this, for integrating it, and for learning how to not abandon yourself, and to be here exactly as you are with your history of sexual trauma, but to be here whole and to be here completed. And please take my word for this. Please take my word for this, but I promise you, it requires, it's dedication. You really have to, this is, questioning and you can save yourself a lot of time and a lot of money if you're really willing to face this head on and make this a part of your daily checklist and just make it happen. Make it the new way that you live your life. Don't try to get back to normal. There is no normal. There never has been normal. The only thing we can get back to is natural and natural is what it feels like to not be pretending that you're okay when you've never fucking been okay this whole time because you've been so hurt on the inside. So, the first step is becoming aware of what this feeling is for you. So now you know of this new feeling called shame. And shame can take an ordinary situation and just make it so much worse. For example, you know, because it's not, shame, you know, shame says this thing happened, but shame creates a whole story about it. So for example, if I've had too much coffee and my husband's like, we need to meditate, What's the fact? I've had too much coffee and it's time to meditate. But when shame's doing the talking, it's like, oh my God, he's over me. I'm being annoying. I'm always annoying. Every time I do this, I mean, he can't stand me. I'm a bad person. He's going to leave me. Oh my God, what's it going to be like when I'm all by myself? Berating, berating, berating yourself. Shame when you can't afford to pay your phone bill one month. Shame will be, you know, what's the truth? Your phone bill's ridiculously expensive and who the fuck can afford to pay this shit anyways? But shame comes in and is like, you're a failure, you're never gonna do anything, nothing's good gonna happen to you, your ideas are crap, you're a worthless person, you should probably just kill yourself. Shame pretends to be you and you believe it. So, identifying shame. 
when a situation feels really uncomfortable, you need to ask yourself, am I at this moment feeling shame? Is this feeling shame? What is shame telling me about this situation? What's actually happening? And what is shame telling me is going on? Who would I be without this shame? Who would I be without this shame? And I want you to think, to close your eyes and really think, what does shame feel like in my body? What color is it? What texture is it? Where do I feel it? What happens when I start feeling shame? What other thoughts come right on the coattails of this shame? Do I start having suicidal thoughts? Do I want to go, you know, pound an entire bottle of rosé? Do I want to, you know, how do I act out? Do I feel like just giving up altogether? What project do I end when this shame comes up? So identifying what this feeling is and the weight that it holds in your body. Being able to identify it like a character, like another you that shows up. So that when you start feeling uncomfortable, you can ask the question, is this feeling shame? Just identifying the ways because I promise you, this is in your life all the time and you don't even know it. It's that one problem that's blocking everything, everything, everything. So asking yourself all the time, is this feeling that I'm feeling shame? Is this feeling shame? Is this feeling shame? Cool? Because once you're aware of that's what it is, you can, you can come back to the reality of the story. Just because, just because somebody abused me doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Tell the truth to yourself. That's the truth. Just because blank doesn't mean blank. And write down what your own, you know, there's great grief recovery on acid. Just because doesn't mean. So, is this feeling shame? And do yourself the favor of don't let your investigation into shame end here with me. Research everything about it. Brene Brown talks great on shame. Look up shame. It pertains to you. Now you know it pertains to you. Go out and heal yourself. You can do it. But here's other things that you won't find from anybody else. So when that shame situation, when that trauma first happened and you didn't feel like you could share it with anybody or you shared it with somebody that didn't seem to care, your parents were like, I'm going to take care of it, you know, just so you know it's taken care of, whatever, whatever, whatever. You run into this person again, this person's in your family, or you know, every time you think about them and you feel alone, like you can't share it with anybody, that feeling is abandonment. Feeling that you've been abandoned by your protectors, feeling that you've been abandoned by yourself. And when you have shame, you abandon yourself constantly because you think you're so bad, you can't even be with you. So you understand, oh yeah, nobody else is gonna wanna be with me, but you're so ashamed of you that you can't even be with you. So you need to become your own best friend and abandonment is a real doozy of an issue to have, but it's healable and the way you heal abandonment is you have to, have to, have to stop abandoning yourself. How do you abandon yourself? All the time, girlfriend, all the time. Let's say I invite you to my baby shower. I'm like, oh my God, you've got to come to my baby shower. We're going to play all kinds of stupid games. You can bring me some shit that I don't need. And uh, you know, la la la. And you're like, I don't want to go to the baby shower. But shame, if you don't go to the baby shower, you're not a good friend. Look, you owe it to yourself 
Now, like, it doesn't matter. You don't owe anybody an explanation for who you are or how you are ever. You owe nobody an explanation. If you don't want to go to the baby shower, you are now spiritually obligated to not go to the baby shower because going to the, the baby shower means abandoning what it is that you really want. And when you feel like everybody in the world has abandoned you, you have to stop abandoning you. So, especially in sex especially in sex. I don't care if you've been married to this person for 15 years and you haven't had sex in three months. If you don't feel like having sex, you don't abandon yourself. You can't abandon yourself. Do not do anything that's not 110% consensual. Don't go on dates because you feel like nobody's gonna love you unless you're seen by society X amount of times in X amount of time. Don't do anything that you don't wanna do. You'll do anything that you don't want to do ever. And I understand that this might be selfish, but boo, you've experienced sexual trauma and you have a different list of needs than other people have. And you owe it to yourself to be there for you when everybody else has walked away from you. You have to. It's the only way. You have to. Don't worry about being selfish. Don't worry about what other people think. This is about you and you. And another add-on onto this. Frequently we abandon ourselves when we think that we're disgusting so for example if you've gotten into your head that you have to do X amount of exercise or you're a bad person shame I'm just a bad person my bad person for wanting this shame 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 please don't go to the gym if it's motivated by punishment or I'm a bad person if I don't do it if you feel like you're about to start crying and you've cried over this person a billion times and you feel stupid for crying over them again Please don't abandon yourself. Be there for yourself at the time that you think you're the most uncomfortable, unlovable, I'm sorry. Be there for yourself, stay with yourself. Be like, I love you even when it seems like nobody could possibly love you right now. I love you when it seems like nobody else could possibly love you right now. Learn how to stay in bed for a day, please. I had to wait until I was 29 years old and pregnant to learn how to stay in bed for a day, please. Learn how to meet your own needs, to give yourself what it is that you need day by day. You see that little bird up there? Oh. See, I can experience pleasure from simple things now because I don't think that everything's trying to kill me. It's a big move. So, step one is this feeling shame. What does shame look like? What does shame feel like? How, who am I with this shame? Who would I be without the shame? Answer all those questions. Take the work of Byron Katie. You can get the app. You can watch videos from Byron Katie on the work. The best. I'm not even going to explain it to you because that's her life's work and she does it better than anybody else could. So, second, stop abandoning yourself, especially sexually, especially emotionally. When you feel like you're disgusting, you haven't gotten out of bed in two days, you're covered in macaroni and cheese and you're crying, honor yourself, be with yourself. Look, that's just how I do it some days. And you don't owe anybody an explanation. Look, you're a sexual trauma survivor. And this is just how you do it some days. Some days you don't get out of bed. That's just how I do it some days. Sometimes it's an entire pack of cigarettes before noon. That's just how you do it some days, you know? 
what's the reality? You smoked an entire pack of cigarettes because you're crazy. No, not because you're crazy. But you smoked an entire pack of cigarettes because you felt like you had to. What does shame say? You're disgusting and nobody else is going to love you. But if you smoke a pack of cigarettes, there's a lot of ways that you cannot need to smoke so many cigarettes anymore because we all know that it's like eh. but you know if it makes you happy do it uh but you're not crazy for smoking cigarettes i know because i'm not crazy and i smoke cigarettes for a real long time so um cigarette segue no abandoning yourself the final step to unblocking the second chakra restoring integrity to yourself is there is a little list of things that you hold against yourself. And they say in AA, one of the few times that I've went, if you want self-esteem, do esteemable things. Do esteemable things. Do things that you believe. Because you have to, when you feel like you're a bad person, you're going to want to start to, as your own best friend, prove to yourself that you're not. That you're really good. That there's nobody else in the world that's as beautiful and unique as you are okay so there's this little list that you have in your head because the second chakra makes a very specific sound when you're trying to do something let's say you've finally managed to scrape yourself off the ground a little bit and simulate an existence for yourself you know off all the coping mechanisms that you have and you're like you know what I'm gonna start a business well a blocked second chakra is gonna be like <laughs> you're gonna what no 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 you can't do anything you can't do anything. You never finish anything that you start. You look at all these things that you said you were gonna do and you never do. And it has this little list that it loves to present to you when you're trying to bring your great work into the world. And this is how you've gotta stop that. You need to, you have to, make a list of all the things that you said you were gonna do and never did. All the things you said you were gonna do and never did. Quit smoking cigarettes run a 5k, run a 10k, do the, you know, do the, write a book. The good news is, is that you don't have to do all these things, but if you have no intention of completing some of the things on this list, then you owe it to yourself to stop holding it over your head, unconsciously, subconsciously, consciously, you owe it to yourself to let yourself off the hook. So please make a fearless moral inventory of all the things that you said you were gonna do and you never did and if it's something that you know you're never going to do for example I will likely never run a 10k because I just don't hate myself enough to put my knees through that anymore so I'm never gonna run a 10k so take that off the list altogether now if you have something else on there that you said okay let's say you were gonna stop drinking and you're just not ready to do it yet you can't do it until you're ready to do it trust me I've tried when you're ready to do it, it'll happen easily. So if it's something that you're not willing to, or you, you don't feel like you're ready to deal with right now, that's okay. But you're gonna write on this list, I'm going to revisit this topic in 40 days, three months, one year, but I will literally not think about this again until that time. And you're gonna put a reminder on your phone in the or any way that you can, with the most integrity as possible, saying to yourself, I will revisit this in X amount of time. And if it's something that you can do, please do it. Because when you create this list for yourself, when you unblock your second chakra with this back road in, the voice in your head that's always telling you, you can't do it, you won't be anything, turns into a voice that says, you can, you've always can, and you will. So, 
I know that if you do these three things with integrity, knowing now what you know, that you can have a complete life that you don't have to cope with. That you will realize that you'll see everything as a reminder that whatever this is loves you, always has, and wants you to be happy. And my love, you deserve that. You deserve a life you don't have to cope with. I bring you all the love that you need on this trip. My name is Everest Asher. You can find my work on eviasher.com.